0: Hello, hello, hello everyone. Thank you for joining us is Dr. Tamara Beckford with the Dr. Tamara Beckford Show. And we have a fun show today. We're gonna talk about leadership. Yes, all of you out there who've been wondering, should you go into leadership? Is there a leader within you? Um, the answer is probably yes. And we're gonna let you know what are some of the characteristics, especially for us physician leaders out there. There's a book out there for you and we have the person who wrote that book right here so before i spill all the beans on my author slash leader slash guest for today let me just welcome welcome you all dr tamara beckertcher like why are we here um because this show I, Dr. Tamara forget get to highlight all of my amazing physician colleagues who are doing fantastic things inside and outside of clinical medicine. Now, we're not just boxed in, you know, in behind those curtains. There's just so much more that's going on and that we're doing. And you get to highlight and get a front seat as to all that's doing, that we're doing inside and outside of clinical medicine. Now, some of you guys, you're listening to this and you're like, hmm, I want to find out, I might not have time today, but I want to go back and watch or listen to this no worries you just have to go to the dots.com, select podcast you will see dr Grace Terrell's beautiful face. Just click on it and you'll be able to listen to this replay of today's episode. Okay. Now, if you're a doctor and you're like, you know what? I'm doing great things. I want to let others know what I'm doing. Oh, welcome. Yes. So just go ahead and send me an email at drbeckford at That's U-R-C-A-R-I-N-G-D-O-C-S.com to book. Now keep in mind, you know there's so many wonderful docs out there so we are booked out three months in advance and it's because you guys are so fantastic yes so it's nothing personal right we love all of you guys Alrighty, so We're gonna get this party started today. All right, so my wonderful doc today is a graduate from Duke University School of Medicine. She also did her residency in internal medicine at North Carolina Baptist Hospital, right? Now she has done a myriad of things in leadership in the healthcare space. She's been the CEO of Cornerstone Healthcare for almost 20 years. She's been president and CEO of Envision Genomics, where the, the genomics, pardon me, where she helped physicians and clisi- clinicians diagnose very rare diseases and medical enigmas. Yes, through the integration of genomic data and um, integrate clinical care. That's just very specific and precise care of these rare issues that happens, and she's all done all of this, and now she's a CPO, right, Chief Product Officer of IKS Health, where she's designing and delivering the solutions that the healthcare delivery system needs. She's doing all of this and she's still practicing medicine. Yeah, she is still doing all of this and she's still working as an internal medicine doctor at Atrium Health in Wake Forest Baptist. So this wonderful doc does all of this and you're like, ooh, wow, so much, but guess what? She's also an author, (laughs) that's right. So she's done all of this and she's written this wonderful book that's called Reframing Contemporary Physician Leaders. Um, So we started off as heroes. That's the name of this book. We're gonna delve a little bit into this because all of us know that we're all trying to figure out like, what are some good ways that we can be leaders? What are some of the leadership styles? What are some good and some great leadership styles, right? So all of this we'll find out today with the wonderful Dr. Grace Terrell. Hello, 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 Dr. Terrell. How are you
1: today? I'm fine. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in the IKS Health uh, offices in Dallas, Texas. I live in North Carolina, but I'm mm-hmm. here probably pretty close to where you are. I think you're a Texan yes. and um, I've you know, yep. <laughs> uh, been looking forward to talking uh, with you and, um, and your listening guest um, all week. So thank you for having me.
0: Ooh, all righty. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to really take some time out and talk to us. All righty. So, you know, we're going to move all the way towards IKS, which is what you're currently doing now, but we're going to go back to the beginning. You know, when we think of those who go into medicine, there's usually a story behind it. So what is it that made you decide that you wanted to be a doctor? What was going on at the time?
1: Well, you know, I I was never one that thought about that the whole time I was growing up. Like you hear a lot of people talk mm-hmm. about, um, I actually was an English and religion major as an undergrad at UNC Chapel Hill, mm-hmm. um, and decided my fourth year of um, college that I was interested in doing something that would allow me to use my brain, that would be a service to people, mm-hmm. and that would allow me to really live a very full life, and. Um, I was inspired by um, many people, particularly my mother-in-law and father-in-law um, and um, who were practicing general internal uh, medicine physicians. Um, at the time, they were just my boyfriend's parents. But, um, <laughs> you know, for for me, um, um, you know, in that time uh, when I was um, going through school, there were not that many female role models in, um, mm-hmm. in medicine. I happened to be very fortunate that my um, um, my mother-in-law was practicing medicine. I saw that you could do that, you could have a family, you could have a career, you could be do some pretty dynamic things in life. So I made a decision that, to go back and get all those little sciencey things you had to have to take yes. the MCATs and get into <laughs> med school. And I got into Duke and that's the story.
0: I love it, I love it. And it really, you know, a lot of people, when, we, when I ask that question, it really goes back to modeling, what you're seeing, the idea that, wow, I can do this. There's someone out here who looks like me, who, you know, like for us, it's like, oh, yeah. there are females out there that are doing this. Like, so now I'm not limited. And, you know, then they're here to bring us along and to let us know that, yes, the world at this point is your oyster. You can go out and get this. And you can also, you know, be part of this wonderful profession, which is medicine. Alrighty. So now you decided to do internal medicine. There's so many other practices. Right. So, what made you go into internal medicine versus like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to go to OB, <laughs> you know, OBGYN? It was then you decided internal medicine. So, give me that part.
1: Well, you know, um, internal medicine, from my point of view, was really looking comprehensively at patients mm-hmm. and, and doing whole patient care. It was about Um, looking deep at diagnoses, looking deep at who the patients were as individuals. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, a lot's changed in internal medicine since I was um, in medical school back in the 1980s. Um, You know, it it became, over time, something that's much—at least in my practice—much more ambulatory focused. But at the mm-hmm. time that I first started practicing, I was seeing patients in the hospital. I was going to the nursing home. I was doing house calls. I had an ambulatory practice, and and it was about that um, being um, there for a patient over a long period of time. So, mm-hmm. um, not—I um, know you're an emergency room physician, and you're there <laughs> where the action is, and you're—you know—you're seeing somebody in a sort of a, a very important moment of their life, um, when they're suffering an emergency, I like the longitudinal approach. And so, mm-hmm. um, so um, anyway, I've been uh, very uh, grateful through the um, through my career, the for all the patients that I've taken care of and still do I, I just practice medicine a little bit now just one week in a month, but of the patients that I have many of them I've been taking care of for over 30 years um oh, wow. la- last last month when i saw a couple of patients my 101 year old was not the oldest patient in my practice that showed up that weekend. and my 102 year old was so they were both there uh, you know right after one another so i just feel very very grateful for having yeah. been part of their lives and many other people's lives for a long period of time
0: oh man i mean I've had some patients, you know, in my ER. Well, of course, I see them briefly, and they'll tell me, "Oh, Doctor Such and Such, they've been my doctor for over thirty years. Oh yeah, yeah. you know, you gotta contact them before you touch me." <laughs> and it's like, okay, wow, but that's such a wonderful blessing to be able to watch someone progress, and not only that, it's the privilege.
1: It is that a privilege. They have, Absolutely, you know,
0: they've bestowed upon you and say that I. I'm trusting you with my care. And patients like that usually are bringing other family members along.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's it really is a, about the whole family and the caregivers. But you know, mm-hmm. um th- they're just two examples. I've got just a a group of patients probably at this point no more than about 150 or 200 that you know that have just um been part of uh, my life for a long mm-hmm. period of time and 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 mind theirs. Um, and, um, and it's just been a privilege to practice medicine that way.
0: I love it. I love it. Alrighty. So, you know, you got into medicine and you're doing internal medicine and you're a part of so many of your, um, patients' lives. Like you said, that you've been able to touch their lives from, being inpatient doctor, to their clinics, to even going to their homes when you first started, you know, doing home calls. But then you also incorporated leadership. Now, at what point did you say, you know what, I want to step into this leadership role. And how did you transition into a leadership role, being as a clinician?
1: Well, you know, I was not intentional about that. uh, When when I first joined my mother-in-law and father-in-law's practice in 1993. There was some changes going on in our community uh, Mm -hmm. where um, there was a group of doctors that um, were forming a multi-specialty group. I was Mm -hmm. um, nominated to be on the, um, on the uh, steering committee for that. And, um, the journey from 1995, when we formed that group, which was called Cornerstone Healthcare, over the 20 years that that group uh, existed, um, prior to it being absorbed, like many other independent practices, into larger integrated healthcare delivery systems uh, was a personal journey for me. So um, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about business or leadership. I went um, back to what was then called the American College of Physician Executives, now called American Association for Physician Leadership, which mm-hmm. was a way to um, um, you know, back in the day, it seemed very innovative because part of it was online, and this is the 1990s when, you know, online meant you dialed in and it would doo, doo 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 and all that type. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I was able to get um, a a, uh, um, a master's in medical management through Carnegie Mellon University and um, ACPE, and um, and then was um on the board of, of of directors of that organization, and ultimately chosen to be its CEO, and so. My leadership journey um, was to be the CEO of a company that grew um, and was doing some pretty innovative things um, for its time. It was one of the first patient centered medical homes, one of the first electronic health record enabled um, medical groups in the country, um, did um, a lot of early stuff on quality and all that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was a group of physicians and we were just figuring it out. Um, So um, after it, you know, we we did some innovative things. We were very early in value based care. We um, spun off a company called Chess that did that, that I led for a while. And what I learned in that leadership journey is Mm -hmm. that um, it's it it takes a team. It's a lot Mm -hmm. of people together and that the skill set that physicians have sometimes um, in theory, um, if they retranslated them into um, the realm of leadership and look through things with just a little bit of a different uh, lens can actually be quite good, but it mm-hmm. is a transition because you're having to think not just about an individual patient in front of you, but about um, systems thinking and about um, you know processes, about mm-hmm. um, how to do innovation. And I've just been very privileged with all the companies that I've led or been part of, um, mm-hmm. including IKS that I'm at now, um, to um, really um, work with both clinicians that are physicians and non-physicians on, mm-hmm. let's think about getting this whole healthcare system better. Let's fix some broken things.
0: Absolutely. I love one thing that you mentioned in that physicians do have the skills to take part in these leadership, just have to look through a different lens. Now, a lot of times when um, you know, us as physician, we go to medical school and we feel like we're locked in a box. Like I can only, like you say, think about just patients. And we have these additional skill sets that we had to acquire in order to even graduate medical school, in order to even graduate residency, to really think, as you mentioned, in a system-based um way, but we at time forget and we come very myopic in our view and think that we can only do this way. So what are some of the things that you would say to a physician out there who's thinking of transitioning into leadership, but then they're thinking, well, I'm only a doctor. I don't know, this might not be for me. I don't know how to think that way. you know, What are some of the the, the skill set that you see that physicians have that they're not noticing about themselves? To make them so people.
1: that that's a great question, and I think that what I would say to somebody who says they're only a doctor is get over yourself, sweet pea. You are a love doctor. it, uh, love it again. And, uh, <laughs> um, and um, and you have been given a privilege of people inviting you into their lives to help, um, and care and, and take care of them, but we're in a very broken health care system, and so. Um, For physicians in general, I think um, understanding that uh, we have a particular lens that can allow us to understand um, that um, there are ways that patients can be taken care of better in bringing that. I mean, the the healthcare delivery system is is just in great, great need of physician leadership throughout um, in every conversation. Now, how you get there and how you insert yourself into it is to learn and respect the others that are part of the healthcare delivery system, to say yes um, when, um, when there's uh, responsibilities or opportunities that are come your way above and beyond um, you know, your work seeing patients, um, mm-hmm. to really um, get involved in thinking as um, a systems thinker about quality. Um, and I would also say um, using our Creative skills as opposed to just critical skills is um, a real crucial um component of that movement in leadership from the bedside to, um, to the healthcare delivery system. And um, by that I mean that most of us, by the time we finish our training, are really good at critical skills. Uh, most people that graduate college have been trained in this, which is this is what's wrong with the system but getting to the next level to say let's really green screen this let's do whiteboard this let's think about what the system could be and let's Mm -hmm. put on our you know our latent creative skills Um, that's when um, you can take um, the passion and the soul of a physician and the brains and the training that they have put that creative skill set in that and there's just no better leaders um, Mm -hmm. once you get to that creative uh, level particularly in people that uh, really know how to work well in teams.
0: I love it. I love it. First things first, if you're thinking you're just a physician, get over yourself, sweet pea. Number one, that's right. And let's, get <laughs> <laughs> and let's start putting on our creative hat and coming up with some solutions. So now, you know, you, what point did you notice that you're like, Oh, I can pull all this together in a book. Because you're, you know, the book you have not just. I think you have like maybe like over like eight or so um, physicians with different leaders leadership styles yes. that you, um, you know, have like case studies on. So you're like, hey, listen, yep. if you're this, you're that. So at what point did did you notice like, you know, what? Let me just pull all of this and write this wonderful book because people out there need this.
1: <laughs> oh well, thank you. Um, so so I this is the third book that I've written, and I've got a fourth one coming out um, mm-hmm. in, a, in a few months, it's more on gender issues. But my first book was, um, I think it was published around 2012 or something. And I was really thinking about how the world was changing mm-hmm. and what that would mean for physicians as in the type of leadership that we would um, we would need to develop. And uh, it was called MD2.0. Um, and in that book it was my first attempt it was an okay book um i then wrote a book a co-wrote a book with bo bobbett on value-based care uh, which Mm -hmm. i've got some background in and then the the uh, publisher of the first two books actually said you know we've gone back and looked at that first book and we just think it needs to be updated it's got some really good messages in it we Mm -hmm. don't think you'll have to do but about 30 percent changes in it well, of course, that was a total lie. I had to rewrite the whole <laughs> the thing. So 100% change leaders. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I'm, you know, it's 20, uh, it's 10 some, 12 years later. I've got a really different background experience about healthcare. The world's different. I wrote in the middle of COVID. Um, you know, I was thinking about leadership differently. But um, the other thing that I had from all my various experiences was I had really come in contact with just a lot of physicians. That I've admired through the years, that are leaders. So, um, mm-hmm. what I did in this book um, is I profiled eleven of them. Some of them are nationally known. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them are just people that I've, uh, I think, are great leaders that are in the practice world in the community that I practice in. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, um, I, um, I, I wanted it to be about them because I was able to, from those eleven people, to give examples of different types of leadership um whether it's servant leadership or you know different types and say this is somebody that i know so i interviewed every one of them um -hmm. and then i would write up their story so the stories were the stories that they told about themselves and what i try to do in that is really show how they in their own lives whether they thought of themselves as a leader or not were it's someone that i had known in my own life that was a physician leader so that's the way i wrote it and um i'm um I'm going to do the same thing with my gender book coming out. And by the way, I'm going to solicit you again. And I want to actually write about you in that, about women who've done extraordinary things in their career um, that are physicians. And so um, after this podcast is over, um, I'm working today, but sometime maybe this weekend, next couple of days, I'm going to email you again and say, I do want you in my next book. Uh, as somebody that I have really uh, seen do some very interesting things. I think it could be helpful with, um, with really think about things through that gender lens.
0: Absolutely. We are going to make it happen. We absolutely (laughs) will be making it happen. Yes, I love it. And you know, one of the things that I do like about, um, that you're showing and highlighting um, in your current book that's out, um, the different types of leaderships, and because we all have different styles, you know, and also in your book, you really give a, we got where we are in a broken system, it didn't just happen, right. <laughs> you know. There were different phases <laughs> where there That's were right. could have been a um, little bit of interjections here and there, but it didn't occur, and so we are where we are now. And you know, therefore, we're coming up with ways and how and solutions, which we are soliciting all our young doctors, Paige and all our med students out there. Keep us in mind. We help. We need you to help us fix the system so don't just go and end up being a cog in the wheel let's you know help us being um creative in helping this now there are a couple different ways that physicians out there we have physicians and leaderships and then you've also been able to help with venture capitalism i am like dr terrell do you sleep (laughs) number one (laughs) then how did you get into that and what are some of the um points that you can give to anyone who's thinking about going into venture capitalism.
1: So I, so with venture capital, we had, um, I was recruited mm-hmm. to go to Envision Genomics, which was a small startup company um, for which uh, people um, were wanting to put some investment in it. So that's my relationship to venture capital is I think it's one source mm-hmm. of the, um, of investment um, needed for um, doing extraordinary things to change the healthcare delivery system. So, um, a lot of physicians say "ick" when it comes to the money conversation. Oh, yes. I don't think about it. Or um,
0: entrepreneurship. Ah, you're going to the dark yeah. side.
1: <laughs> yeah, all, all all that. And um, whether you're talking about a not-for-profit healthcare delivery system, whether you're talking about sources of capital like private equity, or whether you're talking about companies that are on the you know, independent medical groups, which are sort of organized as, um, most of them anyway, as um, for-profit, um, um, either LLC corporations or C corporations. The mm-hmm. truth is that all businesses um, um, are, um, need several things. You need assets that consist mm-hmm. of people, mm-hmm. um, processes, technology, and capital. And capital is the money to basically take those people, processes, and technologies, um, and and create things that make a difference. And so you can be mission based, like we were at Envision Genomics, which was about how can we bring something to the um, healthcare delivery system for a group of people that often don't get the best care. But just wishing it to be so, you still have to have um, sources of capital. So uh, I, mm-hmm. I think the way to think about money is not that it's immoral or bad, that it's amoral. And what you actually need to create within our capitalistic society is regulatory, or regulatory control and ethical structures that allow you to do what needs to be done, which is mm-hmm. to create really significant, important um, businesses that matter.
0: Absolutely, 100%. Money is amoral. The hands that uses it, that's what where you think about it. And like we said, yeah. if you have structures that are there in place to help. But I mean, the point of even entrepreneurship and business, businesses are there. It's a service. Something, something is there. Someone is coming up with a way to provide and to have a need, and then the money is thank you note. That's what we say yeah. in that, are, that I'm in, in the school. The money is thank you note for the services rendered. Thank you.
1: That's is. right.
0: So. <laughs> Alrighty, so you're doing all of these things, and I know that you're um, a very busy person, and I am gonna respect your time. So I'm gonna bring it back to what are you doing during your
1: off time? For self care? It's a great question. So I exercise every day um, mm-hmm. of my life, um, just like I brush my teeth. Um, it's almost never that I don't get in um, either a run or workout on the elliptical or weightlifting or mm-hmm. some other type of thing for at least 30 to 45 minutes. I'm a reader, I'm a duolingo junkie. I do like five languages uh right now everything from hindu and chinese and french and spanish to klingon just for fun Um, i do um i have a i I do gardening um i've got Mm -hmm. a hydroponic gardening inside my home and then we have a big house and we've got a greenhouse and whatnot um and i'm a mom and a grandmother so um i have a, a precious little um uh granddaughter um Gabby that uh, lives up in Boston. And so a lot of um, what I do is around my family. My um, mm-hmm. my my two daughters, uh, one is an attorney in Boston, the, the youngest. Um, Robin is a medical student. She's a third year medical student that wants to be a um, pediatrician. And um, if you think about it, she will be a third generation female physician. Yeah, because my mother yeah, <laughs> in law was a doc and I'm a doc and she's a year out from being a doc and so um you know um uh, we're just, family people. <laughs> yeah. just really
0: thinking about it you know from us not being allowed into medical school, right we weren't you know we didn't have the brains and you right. know sorry to now having a third generation wow
1: yeah i'm so proud of both of my daughters and so Um, you know, my husband and I are very, um, very, very blessed with the family we have. So I self-care, um, with all the, you know, I do some meditation. Um, Mm -hmm. I, um, I like music. I'm a podcast junkie. So, you know, I'm contributing (laughs) content right now, but I, Mm -hmm. I like to listen to, to that. So I care for myself. And you, you said something that a lot of people say to me, do you ever sleep? It's like, Absolutely. At least seven, seven, seven and a half hours a night. I rarely use an alarm clock. I just go to sleep, I get up, I get her done. So
0: love it. Get her done. Now now the fact that you have a granddaughter, you understand that too from the um, Disney movies. Get her done. That's right.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right.
0: I love it. So now if we're thinking about for organizations and you know, what do you think are some ways that an organization can incorporate self-care for their leaders and therefore it'll translate for self-care for their employees or those that that is a
1: wonderful question and um i've been part of organizations including iks health where i am now that invest Mm -hmm. in their leaders so um Mm -hmm. i'm i told you i'm here in dallas we have been here um all week long, where the senior leadership got together um, mm-hmm. on um, uh, in an off-site um, with mm-hmm. um, you know to really um, get to know each other as people um, mm-hmm. and to really think through what our own sort of personal backgrounds and and needs are as people, um, mm-hmm. so that we can actually be a, a much stronger uh, team together. So part of it is investing in leadership development, it's investing in giving people the time to be themselves. It's about investing in Mm -hmm. um, respecting people and creating a culture of care and a culture in a community. Um, Mm -hmm. There are um, organizational efforts that are um, part of uh, this organization and others that I've been involved with that are about things like having Uh, positive uh, approaches to time Mm -hmm. for health, make sure there's healthy food, that there's time for family time, that you celebrate the good things as a healthcare community together. So I think at the leadership level, uh, self-care is um, an example. It's also a way that you um, communicate and um, treat others. So
0: that's, um,
1: that's the way I think about it.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. Alrighty. So my fun question of the day is, so Dr. Terrell, I have to think about it too, because I usually have to take some things off of the plate. If you weren't a doctor and author, um, if you weren't a gardener, all right, there we go. Okay. <laughs> what, <laughs> what would you be? So I, this is a creative, this is tapping into the creative part of you what do you think you would be if you weren't a doctor author, or say a gardener
1: i think i would be a teacher of some sort probably a college professor um mm-hmm. may, may perhaps an english literature professor um and um i love to read i love to interact with literature i i like teaching um when i get the chance and um i think that the the sort of intellectual academic life would be one that would would um have suited me but that was Mm -hmm. not the choice i made in my life and i'm just going forward with the choice i did which has just been an absolute blast
0: i love it i love it you're my third professor so i have interviewed 156 people i really Yes, yes. I mean, we have varied, varied um visions. And I love this question because it really taps into us. So you're my third professor there. So with that, you know, there are a lot of people who are watching. Um, I do want to give all those. We've had um Joan Williams that says good afternoon. We've had some Facebook guests, we've had um Terrence Morris It's also said good afternoon. So good afternoon to you, and then we have Dr. Indidi. Amaka Obadan, who also said good afternoon, doctor. So good afternoon to you, too. Thank you all for joining us. Now, Dr. Terrell, there are a couple of people who are listening, watching, and they're wondering like, hmm, you know, how can I get in contact with this wonderful doc and where can I find her book? So let us know where can we find you?
1: Sure. So um, you can get in touch with me um, at um, gterrell22 at gmail.com is my email. I am... (laughs) Grace T22 on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find that under Grace Terrell, MD. I think Um, my book is available through the American Association of Physician um, Leadership or directly from Amazon, either in Kindle or in paperback. And um, Mm -hmm. I'd be happy to talk to any of you.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. So with that, I am going to let you go because I know that you are very busy and I'm very honored that you've taken this time out to spend with us here in the Dr. Tamara Beckford show. Like I said, for you guys out there, I know this was definitely for you who are thinking about leadership or for our entrepreneurs in there, right? There is more. So if anything that I got out of this, is if you're thinking I'm only a doctor, rule number one, get over it, sweet pea, and then we will proceed to helping <laughs> you. <laughs> we will proceed to helping you along the way. Now before we completely close out, Dr. Terrell, um Terrell, do you have any last minute advice or words for our listeners?
1: So what I would say, and this is to work in um the The passion that I have right now. So um, let me just give one little plug for my current company, IKS Mm -hmm. Health. Okay. I am here as a result of my personal mission, which is to use my, you know, my God given talents, scars, failings, experiences, all my uh, previous things to really focus on my personal mission, which is to um, work to make our healthcare delivery system better. So mm-hmm. my advice is um, to find that place in space where you can do that or mm-hmm. to find your own personal mission um, mm-hmm. and, or be able to just define your own personal mission. What is your personal mission? If you do that, you can find happiness in medicine. You can have happiness in life. And um, and that's what I'm doing. And I think it's just a good way of sort of approaching um, how to think about um, how to think about living.
0: I love it. Find that personal passion in there and be able to Go towards it and you'll always you'll always feel fulfilled because you're living and i love it you said that i'm using all of my talents and my scars and failures everything that i've learned along the way to really help this mission that i have within me so thank you thank you so much for those of you guys who are listening and you're like oh my gosh i didn't get the whole story that's okay we have it available for you on our your caring docs website that's dot com. select podcast you're going to see dr terrell's beautiful face just click listen here if you do have an apple device please do not hesitate to leave us those wonderful five-star reviews that we love. Absolutely. This will enable others to get uh, aware, be aware of our podcast and we'll be able to get it to more listeners out there. And if you're a wonderful doctor who says, yes, I too am doing amazing things and I'd love to let others know, you can leave me a message or send me an email, I should say, at drbeckford at and just let me know you want a book and we will send you the link to book. Do keep in mind, we are booked out three months in advance, not because we are so has or, you know, but it's just like, we have so many amazing doctors and I wanna highlight you all. So we are booked like every week, we have somebody out there to show you guys how amazing doctors are doing wonderful things inside and outside of clinical medicine. So with all of that, Dr. Terrell, thank you so much for stopping by the show thank you all who have been listening and watching for all of this time we will see you guys next time and we love you for listening and watching bye bye bye